Listening to the Toronto Legends podcast, I am your host, Andrew Applebaum. My guest today is Chef Susur Lee, a true restaurant pioneer slash entrepreneur and one of the original celebrity chefs. Celebrated as one of the top 10 chefs of the millennium by Food & Wine magazine, Susur is credited with popularizing Asian fusion in Toronto, in particular by balancing the Epicurean traditions of China with the classical techniques of French cuisine. His Susur Lee Restaurant Group currently oversees three restaurants in Toronto and one in Singapore. His definitive autobiography, Susur, A Culinary Life, came out in 2005. And in addition to his many television appearances, he travels the world as a guest chef and consultant. Welcome, Susur. Thank you for joining me. Where are you and how are you? Oh, uh, first of all, I'm doing very well. And thank you for putting me, uh, you know, with this uh, podcast. Uh, I'm in uh, California, you know, visiting my sons. So, uh, you know, become a very much like a ritual uh, in such a happy place. I just made myself a great lunch uh, for me and my son. So, yeah, yeah, it's great. And uh, went for a hike. Uh, you know, all those really kind of like simple, natural, uh, taking my time, that kind of uh, uh, lifestyle. And uh, I'm really absorbing it. Yes. I think with everything we've come through, uh, I am jealous. And I'm going to resolve once it gets a little warmer here back at your home in Toronto. I'm, I'm going to try and do what you're already doing. Let me start with a very broad question. What does Chef Lee love about Toronto? Well, um, you know, every time when I travel around the world, uh, every time when I landed in Toronto, it feels like there's a sense of uh, belonging and home. Uh, there's no surprises, you know, the multiculturalism, uh, you know, you see different signage or different languages, you know, different faces in, uh, in uh, different kind of media. And it's just so natural and, and the respect is all there. And of course, uh, the religion is part of it. And of course, uh, food, uh, you know, every time, uh, you know, even I, 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 my son just uh, booked the restaurant to uh, tonight to go to a restaurant. I said, how long is it going to be? He said, well, it's going to be 40 min 45 minutes drive. I said, oh, my God. <laughs> in Toronto, it's like, you know, you just like, you know, take a subway, take a ride your bike and, you know, jump in the car every, everywhere. If it's downtown, it's, it's just only like 10, 10 to 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, comfort zone is really, uh, you know, uh, kind of like gave me a very good uh, sense of, belonging in Toronto, which I love. Uh, you know, it's the greatest city in the world. I always say that. You and I. I want to go back, if, if it's okay. Let's go all the way back to your beginnings. You were born in 1958 in Hong Kong. Can you please describe your upbringing? Well, parents of, uh, you know, six kids. I'm the youngest. I got four sisters. Okay. Um, you know, young age, uh, you know, living in a British colony, uh, you know, being uneducated, the word is uh, you need to work. You need to make money. And my mom is not an educator. Uh, she was a, uh, you know, worked for the British Army as a tea lady. My father was a bit more educated as a, a, a um, um, accountant. So um, it, all in our mind, you know, since I was, uh, you know, a little kid, as young as I was 10, my mom would bring in, plastic flowers from back factories and putting flowers together and we send it back. It's basically like a home business. Okay. So I learned all that as sort of like that entrepreneur uh, when I was a kid. It's come very natural. Um, and the environment in terms of uh, business, of course, food. As Cantonese, mm -hmm. uh, we are very, 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 um, the word is uh, picky about food. Mm -hmm. uh, we love freshness and of course the southern part of uh, China, it's all farmland, you know. Um, so there are a lot of things around, uh, you know, Hong Kong, the island itself. You got fish, you got, you know, vegetable, you got uh, beef, chicken, you know, you name it. So, so the surrounding is very, very, very rich in terms of, uh, you know, great eating. 
So uh, I grew up in all those things, and um, you know, and and it's still uh, a lot staying with me until today. And is it correct that you first started? You were 16 years old when you were an apprentice at a at a very prestigious Hong Kong hotel. Yeah, I was. Uh, you know, at first it was. Uh, you know, my my brother really got me involved of. Uh, you know, in the industry. You know, at first, you know, when I was decided to, you know, left home. You know, wanted to live with him, and he said, "Well, you got to pay rent. You know, you know, to pay rent, you got to work." Mm-hmm. So he got me a job in uh, this sort of like a uh, very kind of a casual, really high production, very Hong Kong kind of style cafe, and that's where I really learned about um, you know Hong Kong society. What I meant by that is the people um, who went to this cafe. It's actually, uh, you know, there who and who, but at the same time, there's, you know, the production itself is so overwhelming. I was working in the water bar. They call them the water bar. It means, uh, you know, lemon tea, ice Coca-Cola, iced coffee. I mean, you know, glasses coming from hundreds. So I was like, you know, some, some hand wash, mostly hand wash, you know, some, uh, you know, using uh, the machine. But, uh, you know, that was my first really encounter of uh, hospitality and food business. Then um, very, very fast, I learned that I love food because I grew up, you know, um, eating a lot of street food. Mm-hmm. You know, street food, um, a lot of people think about it must be, a f- you know, junk fried food. But no, you know, Hong Kong street food is actually a lot of very slow cooking food. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of very specific kind of uh, style of cooking. So I really enjoyed uh, really uh, working in this uh, sort of like a fast-paced cafe. Mm-hmm. And after that, I did not like the uh, the community as walk- working in the front of a house. Then I decided to work in the kitchen. Okay. So working around, you know, uh, starting to learn about my you know, made some new friends, you know, people say, Hey, you know, why don't you try this job? Go here, go there. So, um, it was really nice. Um, you know, um, uh, loving sort of that brotherhood and, uh, commodity with, mm-hmm. uh, with, with team working. And, and, and I learned that very fast. I really enjoyed that. So I think kitchen was like really the best, kind of environment. I wasn't thinking about chef. I'm mm-hmm. thinking about I can always eat. I can always taste food. I can always party. I can always hang out with friends. So that was really my my first love, I would say, yes. Well, it's amazing how many of your core principles came to you at such a, a young age there. Now, at the young age of 20, in 1978, you emigrated to Toronto. Why Toronto? How'd you end up in Toronto? Well, I fell in love, you know, I fell in love in Hong Kong uh, with this young woman. Um, she's from Tilsonburg, you know, this, this town, you know, I don't even know, you know, when she said, uh, you know, let's go to, you know, go to Canada. I did not know where Canada was. Mm. Canada is. So um, I ended up, you know, um, visiting uh, Tilsonburg the first time. And, oh, can you see me? Yeah, absolutely. And that, oh, that, okay. must, that must have been a culture shock, your first time in Tilsonburg. <laughs> yeah. I didn't understand, um, you know, you know, coming from Hong Kong is so dynamic. Everybody has a mission. You know, if you see people walking down the street, nobody is not. It's like they're going somewhere and doing something. Mm-hmm. So Tilsonburg, it, it was really slow pace. And I said, you know, where am I? Mm-hmm. So, of course, uh, you know, just visiting uh, in Tissenberg, but, of course, uh, we live in the city and starting to understand, you know, a little bit of uh, what is Canada, you know? So, it okay. was, uh, yeah. And and your your first restaurant, and I, I want to point out that the foodie movement, if you want to call it that, was still in its infancy. Your first restaurant, Lotus, launched in 1987, and it, and it quickly became a destination for food critics and gourmets alike. You were known for the diversity of your dishes. I think I know the answer to this already, but were you influenced by the diversity of Toronto when you created all these diverse dishes? 
Well, you know, because, uh, you know, as a, as a chef, you need audience. So I think it was, uh, it takes one to know one. And, and Torontonian uh, also have very good uh, diversity of taste. Mm-hmm. So when I was combining the East and West uh, style of my cuisine, uh, very quickly, people can really adapt it. And, and not the word adapted, curious, wanted to know. Okay. And uh, it was a really a, a, a great time, and a, and and people talk about it, and and you know during that time, social media is very very uh, not even exist. So True. it was all about worth, uh, you know, you know, people tell each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know the restaurant is not a huge restaurant, so it was very much, uh, it was something I really love what I wanted to do, and to be independent. And when I launched it, it was just such a well, welcome embrace my cuisine. And yeah, it was just a great time. And, and I still remember the first day, you know, when I opened lunch and my, I have a window, you know, seeing through the street from my kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I saw one customer, I mean, actually a few customers start walking in. I said, I hope they are not passing by my restaurant. <laughs> they are walking in, they're walking in. Oh yeah, that was my first customer. You know, but that was such an excitement, you know. Well, Uh, it it makes me think, Sisur, about uh, people used to put up their. uh, This shows my age. They would put that first dollar bill in a frame and put it on the wall. (laughs) I, I, you know, I don't have that culture. I have to say, you know, I was still very kind of uh, living in my own way. Um, I I know what you mean. Um, I I did not have that uh, thinking, but I did. I, I trust me. I, I did put my. I put I did put my uh, uh, you know those loose change and save it and buy more food for sure. <laughs> That's the way to go. Now in in the late nineties, you had had a very celebrated run. You now had a young family and you departed for Singapore. Why did you leave Toronto and and how was your time and experience in Singapore? Well, um, you know I was uh, I had Lotus almost uh, uh, almost ten years and I, I felt that uh, I did not really learn. Uh, more because I was still a, a young man, and then suddenly I had three kids. Uh, not suddenly, but <laughs> that was planned. Okay. So that that three kids, uh, you know, um, you know, my wife is she's an artist also, and mm-hmm. she understand what that means by you know when you have art, you have to you know to show, you have to let people appreciate. So you know, the cuisine was in a way I was kind of limited in a way and I want to know more and I do want to know more about my heritage because I okay. wasn't educated that way. So there was a job uh, offer uh, in, uh, in Singapore and this group, like this young, uh, young man, Andrew Chu, uh, he, is, he was the owner. He had, during that time, he has like 40 Chinese, high-end Chinese restaurants. Okay. And the reason how I got hold of him because I did a World Gourmet Summit for the first time um, and they invited me to Singapore. So I met him. Then uh, quickly, we got along very well. Uh, we love food. He's unbelievable knowledge of uh, Asian food and culture. And I was really drawn into, uh, you know, his knowledge. And he said, hey, you know, I'm opening this restaurant called Club Chinois. Would you be able to consult for me? I right away, I said, you know what? I told my wife, um, call her. I said, listen, we, we, we should come to uh, Singapore and, and close the restaurant. I said, yeah, let's do that. You know, why not? The kids would needed to see Asia. So we have five uh, hockey bags, you know, one each. My wife put everything together, locked the door, and there we go. And then we wow. flew in to Singapore, and then we kind of, uh, you know, made, my, made our little nest uh, in Singapore and, and learn about food, culture, people. Uh, you know, politics. And it was really amazing. It was one of the best experience. Uh, I would never, you know, say I would never want to change it. It's amazing. Sometimes you got to leave your comfort zone. And I'm, I'm sure the kids, I don't know if they're old enough, do they still, I guess that must have had quite an effect on them. It really grew their world. Very much so. You know, every time when we're eating certain things, they say, oh, that I remember, <laughs> you know, what we had that. Uh, where we were because the weather is quite hot there. So, you know, when there's certain places, they reminded them to smell, 
you know, the sweatiness, you know, and also, you know, some of the cold things they had for dessert because Singapore is such a hub for also food capital too. Mm-hmm. So, um, and also different culture from Malay, Indonesians, Indian, Chinese, all kinds of Chinese. And also English, of course, because, uh, you know, um, before independent, it was a British colony. Okay. So, you know, there are a lot of really great multicultural uh, Asian fusion uh, in Singapore We I was exploring to. So it was such a huge education, uh, you know, learning more cuisine, learning more about uh, my heritage, um, you know, learning about the history of food, about Asian food, Chinese mm-hmm. food. So, um, yeah, that was like, you know, one of the best experience. Well, it's really explained. I mean, it's so uh, clear, so, sir, how you, how you proceeded and so much of your background has contributed to what you did. Further to that, you returned to Toronto in 2000. You opened the uh, eponymous Susur. This was a restaurant that celebrated fine dining. And you had a, it's a now legendary reverse tasting menu. Yeah. <laughs> and this was certainly recognized worldwide. It was a big destination for foodies seeking the next frontier. And Susur was named one of the world's 50 best restaurants by Restaurant Magazine. Then TV came calling. I would love to hear about your varied experiences on Iron Chef America, Top Chef Masters, Chop Canada. In 2006, you were the only the second Canadian chef to appear on the Food Network's smash hit show, Iron Chef America. And you finished in a tie with Iron Chef Bobby Flay. If I'm not mistaken, the secret ingredient during your food battle was, I'm told it was bacon. Is that? Yeah, it, you got, you, wow, you really did did study very well <laughs> that yes i love hearing yeah. that it was bacon yes you know um you know pork is such a big in uh in, in in asian culture so i was very comfortable with it but the thing is bacon is a very different kind of uh way to look at pork so uh yeah it was an amazing battle and i think uh there was comment on you know like bobby flay uh he already you know competes so many times some of his his uh his recipe, he's like pulling out of uh, his sleeve he never done before. Mm. So, you know, it was a, a great battle, highly respect with his skill. And, uh, you know, learn about TV and uh, learn about, you know, competitiveness uh, of myself uh, and also uh, creativity. Uh, you know, just, uh, just that itself, uh, it just gave me another level of, uh, you know, um, the word is, uh, not feeling, it's more secure, not as insecure that, you know, insecure is a good thing. It gives you a drive. Yes. It's a word it's like you, how are you running with other people as good as you? Yes. So uh, that was the experience I had. And, you know, this was obviously this before the time of social media. So now you're suddenly on TV. How did you react to that experience? And did you enjoy the fact that now I'm sure you had many more people recognizing you? Yeah. Well, you know, I don't look at, uh, you mean, I mean, those are great, great stuff. You know, the boys down to it, it's, you know, what it is, is bringing business to the restaurant yes. and making sure that everybody that, you know, I have a, I have a very big payroll in terms of staff. So, you know, everybody's working, everybody is still uh, achieving the creativity and the excitement in the restaurant. And that's really important to me, you know, it's great to uh, have media outside, but bottom line is the food guy tastes amazing. Yes. What you said has to be matched what it goes on the plate. So um, it doesn't really, you know, put me into another sort of that, oh, I don't need it to, uh, I, I'm good now. I don't go to work. You know, business run by itself. You know, the kitchen is handling by itself. No, I don't. I still, when I, I'm home, I go to work, I create things, I make food, I, you know, uh, inspire chefs, uh, mentor them. Uh, when I travel, I bring ingredients back, uh, you know, just constantly sort of give me that joy of, you know, the continuation as a chef. So um, TV is great. You know, social media is great. Bottom line is good food. Uh, that's what I The product must be excellent. You also, 
Yeah, it's essential. Or you're you're out of business. Yes. So that wasn't enough for you. You want to stretch yourself again. So in 2005, your book came out, written with Jacob Richler. This uh, this was your definitive autobiography. It was actually two lavishly illustrated volumes that were joined at the spine and designed to be read in tandem. Uh, I guess book one recounted the various journeys in your life from Hong Kong to Toronto and beyond. And book two had uh, an array of more than 120 of, of some of your most popular recipes. How did you enjoy the process of putting together this book? Well, um, you know, that book, uh, the most exciting part is making the food. And I actually uh, shot it with a photographer. And every plate I did, it's all, uh, I did all the uh, sort of like the angle, uh, you know, after the photography, look at it. I want to look at it as a chef through my eyes as knowing what food is. Mm-hmm. So uh, that part was really fun. I learned a lot in terms of photography uh, with food, how it's shot. What is the word is delicious, right? When people look at it. So um, yeah, that was really a learning experience. Um, and I still find joy doing that. Plating, plate, creating any Instagram of food, uh, you know, shooting in different angles. And that's one of those things uh, it continuously, you know, uh, making me grow actually. I think that one of the themes that's come out already is you are constantly learning. You're constantly pushing your boundaries. It's a, it's inspiring that you always want to try something different. I was going to ask you 20 years later, is it time you got another book in you, but it sounds like maybe the way technology's changed and the way we interact, maybe books aren't the way like you've got so many mediums now to connect with your, your customers and fans. Well, I have thought, uh, you know, wanted to do a book, and sometimes, you know, um, for, you know, during pandemic, I have to say I have uh, extra time to do that. But I s- decided to spend time with my son in L.A. So uh, just kind of replace a lot of uh, things that I haven't done with them when they were kids. So I think that was sort of like healing a lot of different areas. Uh, as you know, you know, running restaurant and family, uh, it's really hard really hard, uh, you know, those combinations. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought about making a book, but I kind of uh, stopped. And uh, sometime it comes to me again. Uh, you know, I think in you know, time and place, but now more, uh, you know, more interested now is spending time uh, with my three sons in terms of, uh, you know, regrouping things that we kind of miss. And I think really that part is really enjoyable. It's not about me, I think. It's about us right now. That's the it's word a, I would. It's, it's a good word. I, I know it's great, and I think it transitions nicely into something I want to ask you about, which is working with your family. And I want to ask you about both the trials and the, possibly the tribulations of working with your family on your various projects. Well, as you know, restaurant business, uh, I always advise, uh, you know, you know, friends would say to me, hey, you know, I'm thinking about opening a restaurant. I said, wait a second. You're not in the restaurant business. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, my wife can be involved, can help. That is the number one thing you don't want to have some relatives involved. You know, That's the number your- one death wish? Is- yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, until today, you know, sometimes my, my wife would bring uh, some, uh, you know, odd piece to the restaurant or some, uh, you know, flowers and staff said, who is that lady? <laughs> like after, you know, like almost 20 something years. So, you know, I think it's, it's important to really, um, you know, even, you know, people who involve in the business, sometimes if you have someone have a vision of opening a restaurant, you should really keeping only one vision. Uh, you know, with my son was involving, uh, it was really a great learning uh, growing curve for them because I really feel that every person should work in a restaurant once because mm-hmm. it's such a, a stage, uh, a live stage and interaction with staff and people, customer, and also, um, you know, multitasking and understanding how business works, all that. And I think it's such a... Um, great experience, you know, beside, you know, being educated in school. 
Yes. Um, so teaches you about life, start, life lessons. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, of course, there's also the bad side of it. You know, of course, there's a little bit of drinking, a little partying, because you know that's part of sort of that after hours after you work, right? Mm-hmm. So it's there's some a lot of very good. It depends on how you want to take it out from. And there, yes, there's some uh, you know some very negative things about the, our lifestyle. So um, when my son decided to say, you know, Dad, I don't think this is for me, I have no question for them. I'm not mad at them. You know, if you, this is something is not for you, you have to stop now because mm-hmm. I don't want you to wake up one day and that I'm not married or I'm not doing anything. I'm just like, you know, working in these shitty hours and I'm not feeling good about what I want to do. And I don't want that. So quickly now they strive from themselves. Uh, they love their lifestyle living in California. Uh, they have different kind of a mission to learn about things. So it really, uh, and also create more relationship for me with them uh, because we are now in a different business. Yeah. So um, it's, it's uh, really a great causing of effect. I want to bring things back, Sisura, if I can, to the Toronto food scene. What's hot on the Toronto dining scene, either trends or particular places that have caught your attention? Hmm. Wow. You know, Toronto trend. I don't, you know, I'm, you know, sometimes I'm such an old school, you know, I, I still like my sauces, it's reductions. Uh, I still, uh, certain things I need to marinate. Uh, I find that now, there are a lot of very kind of like food. It looks very, I have one uh, very funny, uh, uh, I, I was spoken to a chef and he said to me, you know, nowadays, you know, the food looks like everything is mise en place, you know? You know mm-hmm. the word mise en place is like the preparation before you make the food. Okay. So everything is kind of raw, kind of like putting on the plate. And, you know, you have to put it together and it just doesn't feel like it's really kind of substantial, the word is. Okay. But of course, um, you know, young generation, you can, including my younger son, certain things he eats a little bit more heavier, a little more saltier, a little more sour, um, even though he has very good taste. But, you know, to identify what really natural tastes nowadays and I don't think a lot of people can actually identify what is natural taste. Mm. Just eating a, 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 a beautiful green leaf, you're chewing it. It's when it's bitter, it can actually taste sweetness. Okay. Those are the education. I think uh, in this new generation, it's very different. Uh, mm. In terms of uh, trend, I don't look at them, you know, there are trends that I should be follow or I should be aware of. I, I don't think like that. I just do my thing and uh, you know when when it's good I just go and taste it uh, and say hey this is not for me maybe I'll, I would go once in a while um, but I do like the fact that there are a lot of chefs are getting really creative uh, yes. you know think outside of the box um, not even gourmet food like even junk food and mm-hmm. some, sometimes when you look at TikTok you know the funny things they do is like oh my god that's really creative that's so cool and yeah. I enjoy that and, and I think um, in terms of, uh, you know, trend, Toronto has so many different trends because it comes from a different culture. You know, there is also Chinese. There could be a Chinese trend that they're doing, you know, a certain kind of noodles and a certain kind of way of cooking. Cooking mm-hmm. Japanese, they have a certain pastry, you know, like fluffy cheesecake, fluffy pancakes. That's also a trend. Yeah. So uh, I think we are very, very blessed to have this creativity uh, in, in this very kind of a circle of multiculturalism. Back to what you're talking about, the diversity. It's like the globalization, but right here in Toronto. Yes. I like nothing more than going to what we call the hole in the wall kind of place, the smaller places. Do you have any that you do you love in Toronto that... Uh, you love to go to that's a more simple way of eating well uh i you know i always um you know when i eat comfortable food is you know i would go to uh, this restaurant taste of china i would go there uh you know 
order lots of different things, and sometimes you know they would ex- tell me, "Oh, you know something, uh, you know special. You should try, you know, Chef Lee." And and I've been going there for quite some time, and you know, feel like there's um. You know, sometimes you know. Now I actually reveal my secret. Please do. <laughs> Some, Please do. Yeah, no, I just did because you know I, I shouldn't be telling people uh, taste of China. Otherwise, it's going to be packed. I won't get a seat. <laughs> I I appreciate. I wish you. they do well. Yes. So uh, there is one, and um, and and most of the time I loved cooking at home. You know, uh, I love uh, you know do my own shopping. And buying things I love to eat, and I make things for my wife, my son. Uh, you know, those are my joy. You know, finding time to nurturing uh, myself and my family. Uh, simple things, uh, decadent things, um, interesting things. Um, yeah, those, those are really. You know, sometimes I like to just keep it very consistent. The word is yes. Yeah. Living very consistent. Well, I, I would have thought. The last thing you want to do after working hard, slaving away in the kitchen as your work, is to cook at home. But it just shows your your passion that that's what you enjoy. Oh yeah, you know, um, if I don't make food, uh, what else do I do? Really, you know, I, I can't play a guitar. Um, <laughs> you know, I you know I'm so low tech. You know, this 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 event what we are doing now, I have to have my assistant set it up. And you know, tell me what button I have to say. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It, it, I'm living in a stone age. Well, um, I always keep telling me that. You well, and I, me. I don't mind. I keep it, learning to too. I don't mind it. Yeah. So, sir, your signature is the tight ponytail. Your your own website actually describes it as a glossy ninja bun. Was this originally? <laughs> was this originally for aesthetics or or more for functional purposes? Because obviously, you're operating over dangerous kitchen equipment. Oh, listen, I think it's vain, okay? I think that looks good. Uh, you know, really suitable my character. Uh, I am a little bit of, a, um, you know, a black sheep that way. Um, so, you know, I just say, you know, it looks good. I keep it like that. And, and, and you know, all these things, people name it. You know, I don't even know when I did Fusion, when I opened Lotus. I did yes. not even know that cuisine is such a name. And when writers start writing about it, and I said, oh, my God, I'm actually making fusion food now. <laughs> yeah. It, it had to be given a name first, right? Yes. Did you have that moment when someone who you considered famous was suddenly gushing all over you right to your face? And that must have been a, a moment. Can you repeat that sentence yeah, again? Did you, was there anyone who you admired or anyone who you knew from popular culture that was suddenly coming to you? looking at you as the famous person. I guess any, any interactions with the celebrities or, or who were such big fans of yours that it kind of hit you as this is a, a, a kind of surreal moment. Well, you know, uh, I have uh, been doing uh, TikTok and YouTube with my youngest son, Jet. Okay. And his platform and his uh, audience as young as like 13, 14 years old. And I have, when I'm walking my dog, and I have this young kid just ran over to me uh, with their parents uh, behind and said, oh, Chef Lee, Chef, I love you. And then the parents said, oh, you don't even say that to me. <laughs> so, so it's really funny has been really, uh, that is such a sort of like, uh, that joy of, uh, you know, looking at, you know, such a young uh, age, have such a passion and such a, you know, it, that I have inspired them, you know, as, a, as it is like grandfather yeah. and inspired them of uh, what I do. And I think this is really humbling, you know, in many ways. And of course, uh, you know, because of my son, you know, helped me to do the, uh, the TikTok and just open up all the areas of this generation of, uh, you know, technology and, and, and media. And, uh, you know, it's just suddenly I am uh, back in the market to do certain things. And it, you know, it, it's just so rejuvenating. It's unreal. Well, I, so, sir, I think what they call that is you're now TikTok famous. 
Okay, is that such a term to use? Uh, yeah, apparently, <laughs> I haven't. I have not achieved it yet. And my fifteen-year-old, okay. I can only hope one day I get to your level on TikTok. I want to, if you don't mind, I did want to ask you. You are, of course, a Toronto legend, but there's another Toronto legend who you've had some experiences with, both personally and professionally. I'm talking about Aubrey Graham, who we otherwise known as Drake. Uh, do you have any uh, interesting experiences in your dealings with him? Oh, you know what? I, 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 you know, he, he, he loves scallop. One thing I know. <laughs> yeah. He loves scallop. Um, you know, my son is more, you know, uh, they're more with friends with them. You know, I, you know, when, when they become, you know, my son now at 32 and 30, you know, it's not like, Hey, what do you guys do? It, it, they're adults, you know, it's suddenly mm-hmm. their privacies, there is a respect. So uh, I don't know. I don't even ask those kind of questions. You know, <laughs> if they want to tell me, I just listen. Uh, you know, I, I never like, oh, my God, what is it? Oh, really? I'm not a star kind of a person. I never grew up that way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so anything, you know, when, when guests, uh, you know, when, when uh, my manager tell me, oh, so-and-so is in the room, uh, she's a movie star. I said, oh, really? Who's that? So I don't have those kind of, um, not saying respect, it just don't hit me as it's in, important. That's the word I would like to use. Okay. Um, so it's, I think uh, it's their thing is not really my thing. <laughs> okay. Kind well, of boring, but anyway. No, no, <laughs> well, listen, that's okay. <laughs> I, think, I think it's good. <laughs> Uh, the internet, when you, you know, everyone likes tight sound bites and quick descriptions. The internet has declared that your signature dish is Singapore slaw. Would you, first of all, agree with that assessment that that's your signature? And, and do you want to talk about its origin? Well, you know, uh, when Lee restaurant was born, uh, I'm talking about almost like, I would say what, 18, 17 years ago. And, mm-hmm. and during that time, uh, I came back from Singapore. One thing that I have learned about that dish is it's a dish that they use it over and over again during Chinese New Year. It's a celebration dish. Okay. And I learned that the first year. I did not even know what it is. And very quickly I I love that salad. And so I brought it back to uh to Canada to when I opened Lee restaurant. An instant uh, success with you know ingredients and also the background of the story and where it came from. And the flavors, and also uh, the ingredient is healthy, and also uh, it's very diverse on different culture. Would accept to understand what that is. So um, yeah, it's very um, very happy, you know, to have that dish uh, very close to my heart because Singapore was one of the uh, places where I have learned a lot of uh, you know uh, uh, cuisine. So when I brought it back, it's almost like a little gift for myself to my customer. That's great. I think, uh, sister, when you look at your your current four properties, and if you don't mind, I'll describe them quickly. And then what I'm struck by is how different they all are. So Lee is your flagship restaurant on King near Bathurst. And that, that kind of balances these traditions of China with the classical French cuisine techniques. You've got Kidley, which is an upscale grab-and-go food court operation. It's at the very epicenter of Canadian business, right at King and Bay in First Canadian Place. Your third restaurant, Lee Kitchen, has got dishes that are Asian-influenced, creative French, as you call, fusion. That's in Terminal 1 of Toronto's Pearson yes. Airport, of all places. Yes. And then the fourth one, A World Away, Tung Lok Heen. That's described as a retreat for those who appreciate traditional, authentic Chinese cuisine. And that's right in Singapore in a hotel there. These are so very different. And, and I guess they feed off what you've demonstrated, which is your desire to, to not be bored and to really spread your wings. They're all very different. Would you, any comment on kind of how you see those four different things well, fitting into your life? Well, um, I am a uh, chef that I'm like a, uh, a gypsy chef, uh, you know, in, in sort of like, that term, what I meant by that is I, I love different culture of food. Uh, you know, my base is Asian flavor, mm-hmm. but the bottom line is, uh, you know, learning from different culture. There's always something amazing, you know, from the East to the West, from the middle uh, of, the, of the Middle East and, and the cuisine have history. So, you know, um, 
is endless and it never gets bored. So that is one of my, you know, specialty of really how to kind of continue, uh, you know, strive for, you know, better or new ingredients, new method. Mm-hmm. So it, it never gets boring in my kitchen. I mean, never get boring for me cooking it. Yeah. So, um, so if I say, you know, my cuisine is very eclectic, yes, it is. But the foundation is still an Asian flavor. Yes. And you meet all these different customer bases. I mean, the person in the airport is obviously very different than the person in the downtown office food court and the person yes. who's, you know, this is, this could be the big meal there year when they go to Lee and then a world away. I want, how do you, uh, how do you kind of keep your hands on things and your mind on things, especially when one of the restaurants is so far away? Do you feel connected? Well, yeah. You know, like Singapore, you know, the chef, uh, you know, when I was uh, consulting, uh, I already knew him then he was working with me. So uh, he has been a, uh, the chief uh, of that restaurant for many years and he knows me very well. Uh, before the pandemic, I have to go there sometime twice a year. Uh, we do promotions, uh, we look at food, we change menus. So, uh, you know, because uh, he is such an amazing chef that he understands the local taste and also the Asian flavor. So, of course, uh, when he is changing menu, he would, you know, send me the menu. We can talk about ingredients. Um, so, you know, it's all about, you know, the trust and respect. Uh, of course, uh, you know, the efficiency of running, uh, you know, restaurants uh, production is so big. And mm-hmm. of course you need a huge team there. So in Asia, you know, having a restaurant, normally they have huge teams, uh, very businesslike. Uh, and also uh, the process of uh, making things done is also very efficient. Okay. So, uh, you know, Asia is, it, 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 it's, you know, Communication, you know, Zoom or, you know, uh, you know, WhatsApp and all that really helps sometimes doing a plating, uh, you know, uh, and, and airport, it's, it's a joint venture. Uh, of course, uh, you know, the word is you cannot be a, I am not a control freak as I used to be, to be honest. Okay. Uh, there are certain things that, you know, um, it would drive you crazy. What makes you uh, to be in peace to yourself? You have to just keep changing and yeah. keep trying your very best to make your very best to it. So, um, so the mindset is very much um, uh, the word is, you know, try your very best and make the best out of it uh, in order to have people taste your food. And certainly it sounds like, you know, when you have good people around you and you have confidence and you have a good team, you can, you can rest easy that you're, what you envision is being actually uh, implemented. Yes. Importantly, they, they have the like and love working with you and for you. And that's the key. Now, so, sir, I already got you to reveal taste of China. So now I'm going to try to leverage that, to take further advantage of you by asking, what, what neighborhood are you in in Toronto, if you don't mind me asking? When you're in downtown. Toronto, where, okay. Yeah, I live downtown. Uh, you know, I live close to parks. Um, so uh, it's really, um, I, you know, I have never moved anywhere, you know, um, anywhere uh, past Sinclair, I, I starting to get lost. True. <laughs> So um, downtown has always been, you know, my comfort zone, you know, walk out, get coffee, get grocery, uh, you know, those are the things that very accessible and easy, uh, good neighbors. And that's what I love. Well, I'm going to ask you, you've, you've already given us a fantastic restaurant that, that we can enjoy, but I want to ask you for two of your favorite Toronto things to do or to be at. And one of them can be very well known. For example, you know, I love going to Center Island. But the second one, I'll ask you for more of a hidden gem. So in the non-eating category, two things you love to do in Toronto. Okay. Um, my favorite thing to do is, uh, you know, I, I, my, my son gave me uh, his dog about two years ago. And I discovered... Um, the season of, uh, of Canada <laughs> yes. because my dog is a husky because, you know, I used to, from home to work, it's always warm in the kitchen. It's always warm. But now I have this uh, husky and I love her to death. 
and I take her at least two hour walk every day. It doesn't matter how cold it is. So uh, that find me a lot of uh, when I walk, it gave me a lot of room to create things mm-hmm. and reorganize my brain. That is one of the greatest thing. But in terms of where, uh, definitely I love to take her down to uh, uh, down to Cherry Beach. Just keep walking where the bicycle trail is. Uh, let her run in uh, in a little bit of sort of that w- wild and chasing rabbits, and and I think that is one of my favorite thing uh, to do. And and after that, I go home and then make myself a really nice meal for lunch. Um, very very simple things. Uh, what I find joy, but of course, uh, you know, there's one other things I really love is practicing uh, yoga. Okay, uh, that is one of my escape uh to really brings me back to center uh and makes me process things uh, differently and give me a lot of that uh time uh in a way normally i'm in such a hurry now i have controlling my time and when and how i think that is my favorite things to do well these things uh taking lovely walks and yoga do you think they were uh, influenced or had a relation to the, the COVID that we have gone through? Or do you think uh, those were just things that happened and you learned to appreciate them? How much were they influenced by what we've all gone through? Yeah, no, uh, you know, those are things, uh, you know, yogas I, I, I've been doing for a long time. Um, but in terms of walks, uh, you know, it was not about pandemic. It was about, you know, uh, I inherited this uh, this beautiful animal and I wanted making sure that I would take care of them, what their habitat is. You know, they need to go outside. They need mm-hmm. mental health. Uh, they need to eat well. Uh, it, do you want me to reveal what uh, what I feed my dog? <laughs> I I think this would be. I'm guessing it's going to be very interesting. Please do reveal <laughs> what your husky eats, sir. Yeah, you know, um, no, those are the things that um, uh, takes away from my work and actually give me more time to think about. Uh, more room to think about work and recreate things I never thought about. So I think that is something is uh, very uh, unusual, unusual lifestyle that I had, that I'm having. Okay. Well, as we get to the wrap-up area, I want to ask, what are your plans for the remainder of 2022 and beyond? And can you reveal the next Susur Lee project? Uh, no, I, I can't. Uh, let's put it this way. I am not a guy, uh, you know, I should be retiring, uh, but I'm not, I don't think like that. I think uh, working is part of soul. And I think uh, working is uh, it's kind of uh, recreating a relationship to live uh, better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think uh, I would be continue working until... Uh, if I have keep forgetting things and that's where I'm going to stop. But so far I don't forget things that easily. So I think, um, you know, food and hospitality is still in my heart very deeply. And also of course, uh, you know, creating food, uh, making better and better every day and inspire, in, inspire my uh, team and also my chef uh, and also, um, you know, helping them uh, to, stay in this career that they would never thought they can uh, uh, create themselves. Mm. Just recently, I just uh, spoke my uh, one of my staff um, just texted me actually yesterday. Uh, he used to ride on a bike, uh, you know, doing Uber. Uh, he joined me about almost a, a few years back now. Now I see him become a really, uh, come very natural, become a chef. Okay then I'm inspiring him. So, uh, you know, now I'm mentoring him. So I'm very excited to do that. Well, I that is my got, mission. Well, that's a great mission. And it's, it's passing on everything you've learned. And even though I've just gotten to know you, I can say 100%, there's no way you're retiring. And I can't wait to see what's next for you. So I look forward to that. Thank you so much. And just before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you if there was anyone 
or anywhere you'd like people to go if they want to find more about your restaurants and about you, where should they go? Is your website the best or do you have other places you'd like people to follow you? Yeah, you know, um, you know, check it out. Um, I think, okay, there are two kinds of entertaining. There's one is food. Uh, the other one is actually tangible. Uh, you can actually eat it, which is my restaurant, uh, <laughs> yes. which is on King Street West, 601 King Street, downtown Toronto. Uh, the other one would be uh, TikTok, you know, Jet Bentley. Uh, he does a lot of, uh, you know, like turning uh, junk food to gourmet. I think that is very entertaining. I hope, uh, you know, everybody, everyone will find joy with that. I have a little fun. Fantastic. Well, we are going to go there. So, Sister Lee, thank you very much for joining us. And to the audience, thanks for listening to the Toronto Legends podcast. And on behalf of Chef Sister Lee, I am Andrew Applebaum saying mahalo. journey like no other where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier healthier and more stress-free life and the beauty is you don't need any vacation time for this adventure the journey will come to you join avery rich on your very own journey into yoga along the way she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence all in less than 15 minutes you have nothing to lose but stress the Journey into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.